Delaney. And it's Katie. And this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all through classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Hey, Delaney. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Happy MLK Day. We lit. It's one of our few holidays. Because, you know, y'all be skipping us. But, you know, it's whatever. You know what? <laughs> Give us the shortest month, but let's, we, let's, not, <laughs> let's not be ungrateful. <laughs> Okay, so it's so dark. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, are y'all okay? We literally grazed over the happy MLK day. Now, anyway, this is how y'all did us wrong. <laughs> you know, MLK is looking down like, so, so y'all. I didn't ask for this. I was like, please stop talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Keep my name out your mouth. Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> happy to do you proud, Dr. King. <laughs> All right. Marty. <laughs> no. <laughs> good y'all it's late and i'm tired everything gonna be funny all right <laughs> okay my flight leaves in three hours oh yeah, you know katie's on the move again um and you, you guys will notice you know uh this at the, you know throughout the podcast that you know katie's just on the move because you remember when she was on her way to the netherlands do you have news this week i do have news is that katie's on the move again that's the first piece of news that's not what i have written down <laughs> all right <laughs> so a couple of things this week uh, i just want to give a quick congratulations to gustavo dudamel who will be receiving his uh star on the hollywood walk of fame um i don't i've seen two accounts one saying that it's gonna be on january 22nd and then the other one saying talking about april and i'm like i'm pretty sure it's on the 22nd like april yeah it's people to be making saying whatever y'all just be throwing out stuff but uh congratulations for yeah, congratulations doo. <laughs> you know my mama called him that he's so cute i'm so happy for him he deserves yeah he deserves whatever <laughs> he does oh, i stand right hi duty is he so, not duty okay <laughs> duty free wait is he gonna be conducting so he can do like dance on number two girl don't even mention it to me I um i feel so bad that 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 you don't like that piece it was ruined for me i, I know yeah i know it has to be have ruined but it's like it's such a what a ruin something else there's on number two they peace uh, goes i'm okay um <laughs> all right uh next thing Chloe Dillon, in her feelings. all right uh i saw this article talking about the, and of course it caught my attention it was man with knife throws two cellos and viola off german train i was like wait hold on <laughs> we gotta go back <laughs> How we get here i was like so i'll be clicking um so basically uh some train passengers in germany were forced to get off the train after a dude he was drunk he pulled out a knife and started just throwing people's <gasps> stuff off the train wait hold on <laughs> wait hold on. that's not how it happened yes it is <laughs> It's what the facts say. <laughs> um, he pulled out a knife and started throwing people's luggage off the train, which included two cellos and a V. <gasps> yep. The literally the side the side of my purple case flying in the air. Can you imagine you 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 reading your you knee deep in your book, just on your train ride, minding your own business. Now you see somebody picking up your viola and now it's all <laughs> out the window. <laughs> How would you feel? And what are you going to do? <laughs> now he got a knife. Okay, so, okay, fine. You get off at the next stop, and then you get back on. First of all, your viola's either gone or confetti. Right. Your <laughs> <laughs> viola roll kill. Now, <laughs> what is going on? Like, oh, my goodness. Like, could you imagine just say, I can't even. 
if you ain't what can you do and um apparently the damages came <laughs> out to fourteen thousand euros so whew. and apparently when he was asked why he pulled the knife he said because i can i mean yes you can do many things right you like, can do anything you want to and you can get arrested and he and- did <laughs> and and apparently um after he got her after they you know took him downtown they uh, uh everybody else got back on the train and continued about their day i can't imagine how those people whose instruments got thrown off felt and good luck to them i hope they sue him because it's not even like it's not even like it's about like oh you can just get another instrument it's like you figured out a bind like i'm still i've had my current viola for oh happy birthday baby oh here we go <laughs> i got it in january of 2015 so it's like i'm still am i lying it's 2015 2014 see definitely 2015 <laughs> okay. definitely 2015 happy birthday pumpkin um pumpkin. it's like pumpkin. i'm still not pumpkin <laughs> i do not call my viola it's inanimate <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway i'm still trying to figure out how to make my what <laughs> you said your viola is an anime but that sound that you be getting out of it seems animated to me Delaney, my sound is okay but anyway i digress <laughs> i still am trying to figure out you know and i how my viola works and i know like for the most part like what makes it angry mainly intonation but um i digress but it's like you can't just buy a new instrument i mean you can but it's like not the same yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah. man <laughs> So I hope they, I hope he's paying for that, and hopefully he's not dirt poor, so they can sue him and and you know, right? Because you, you sue a poor person, they'd be like, "What you want?" <laughs> right? You can have a knife I pulled. <laughs> All right, we gotta move on. We we must move on. <laughs> we must. Um. Oof. So the next piece of news, you oh. actually sent this to me. <laughs> Listen, when I was when I was on uh, social media and I saw this, I when I take that screenshot with a swiftness, right? Put in a group chat and everything. I was like, this country is literally exhausting. Like it is so exhausting to live here. Um. So I get the text message talking about parking spot spat charges against Herb Smith, RPO trumpeter, dismissed after night in jail. I was like, hold up, night in jail. Now for background, Herb is the only black person in RPO yeah yeah he's the only black person in rpo um he plays what third trumpet i'm not gonna start lying yeah I, i'm i'm like 98 percent sure it's, third it's trumpet, probably but yeah, he plays trumpet right <laughs> but <clears throat> so i could you know i started reading this and herb he's not only um in rpo and he he just did that thing with the um with the orchestra or kids struts like yeah. RPO program yeah just so people are clear about what i'm saying he um he was conducting them and he was just and i mean i don't know him personally but he's a soft-spoken guy yeah, i like mean i also have only interacted with her in passing mm-hmm. and i'm whatever we're friends on facebook or whatever so imagine my surprise mm-hmm. when because i <laughs> i texted you like a couple weeks ago with eyes and i was like what's this about because he's he said, said something about spend the night in jail mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm getting to the bottom of this i'm i'm googling i'm da 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 and i couldn't find anything i also gave up because whatever it's not my business but then when this came out i was like my eyes must be deceiving me because i'm thinking it was you know it was something like you know whatever like herb out of all people mm-hmm. soft-spoken nice kind like incredibly intelligent and like but let, let's get into it let's get into what yeah happened. yeah so basically um he had a 
disagreement with a man called Chris Kowalski and who owns uh this a place called Downstairs Cabaret Theater. It's like right across the street from Eastman. Yeah, yeah. It's a place a lot of a lot of jazz students at Eastman play there a lot. <clears throat> um well basically he owns uh the the owner of, of of the theater owns a couple of lots around Eastman and um Herb has a friend who owns a Jamaican restaurant like that's right across the street from the theater. Mm-hmm. Um so he's going there to pick up some food for dinner minding his own business so basically he well first of all there are two versions of the story which y'all Wait, one is correct and one is not <laughs> one is outrageous normally, normally okay normally there's three sides to a story right there's mm-hmm. the one side a side b and what actually happened mm-hmm. it's literally just her side <laughs> like, <laughs> and then some fa- some fan fiction of what actually happened <laughs> like it's not even like when i tell you my dude speaks completely in hyperbole <laughs> like, <laughs> right like so basically he goes in um uh, to get his food um and so the guy apparently says like hey you can't park here he can't park here and he's like okay yes i'll move my car i'm you know yeah i'm just gonna run in and get my food and i'll move my car exactly he said he was under the impression that he would only be there for like three or four minutes maximum right um and it's not like he's going in having a dining experience right um, and apparently the owner of the restaurant that herb knows was having issues with that guy before and so he was like yes i'll move my car but can you leave my friend alone mm-hmm. you know and so this dude of uh, chris kowalski is like he came charging at me and he said he was gonna give me the ultimate beat down i was like okay <laughs> first of all let's let's pull over let's pull because i have several things to say the first thing is that <laughs> is that Herb charging at you. And also when you watch the interview and like we'll link it. When you watch the interview, he's like he's aware of what it means to be a black man in this country. Mm-hmm. So he put his hands in his pocket. Right. And he was like, All right, man, like you can really relax all that. And then the beat down that you're gonna deserve, which black man <laughs> I'm gonna give you, you the beat down that you deserve <laughs> right on. <laughs> You betcha, buddy. <laughs> You're darn skippy. <laughs> like, you tell, boy, miss me. Oh, my goodness. The least you could do is take a little a little semester course in black vernacular before you start lying on folks. Right. <laughs> lying. So he's apparently, apparently Herb is, quote, unquote, charging at him. And he's like, there's a camera right here. You, you know, you he he's about to swing at me. So I show him that there's a camera in the lot and whatever. I'm like, ain't nobody about to swing at you. Over a parking spot. Exactly. Over a parking spot that he's going to park in for four minutes. So, of course, like you said, Herb was like, he, he said that in the moment he thought about what does this look like? I'm a six, four, six, five black man, you know, arguing with this older raggedy well he didn't say raggedy but, <laughs> but i mean like we can right. apply yeah you'll see the video <laughs> um, <laughs> this older uh shorter than me smaller than me white man what would this look like you know i'm exactly. not going to do anything that's too risky mm-hmm. um so a par- uh, a police woman was coincidentally driving by and could obviously see that they were having something like you know something was mm-hmm. up so she gets out the car and it's like you know what's going on and of course old dude from the theater is like he is oh my goodness he is just doing the most and and herb is explaining to her the the 
issue at hand and he's like can i just move my car and go get my food and he said that the police officer now since then now there's two police officers it's her right, and you know right. who was with her and um he was like and the police officer was like no you can go get your food first because now we understand like go right. go get your food first. exactly and then you go can move your, your car <laughs> then move your car as <laughs> you planned very very good shout out to richard <laughs> like what you look dumb but exactly. all right and so now he's um the uh mr kowalski i'm i keep forgetting his name but he's upset because he feels like you know no, justice the, wasn't served. right because he sees the police he's probably like oh this is my time you right. know because once we don't need it we don't even need to tell y'all you know what could exactly he's like oh okay they're gonna be on my side like they're they were on the side of reason exactly and they let him get his food but the guy had filed some type of complaint or um against herb and so he gets a letter in the mail talking about warrant out for your arrest mm-hmm. when i read that part my jaw was on the floor <laughs> so like someone like let me not start lying let me pull the article up because it was like you know whatever they they and the thing is um i think if i if i didn't misunderstand mm-hmm. the he was trying to like get them to pull the video before all of this happened mm-hmm. and they so they pulled the they pulled the video and they were like there's nothing here yeah so i was like literally that's where the story should have ended like yeah. there is no evidence here so then you know a week later two counts of of harassment right uh uh sprout out. up out of, out of nowhere but you see this is a part that this is a part that was disparaging to me so whatever this incident passes so long and i'm not going i'm not a lawyer i don't know how this stuff works mm-hmm. but there it was like shown that like there was nothing on in the footage yeah. then he puts out a, a warrant out or whatever filing charges against you for harassment how did you end up spending the night in jail right you know what i'm saying and the article isn't very clear on that and like that really makes me angry because it's like it's like we've we've seen over this over the weeks the years over and over again time and time again how the justice system fails us but i'm just trying to figure out how hearsay got him mm-hmm. to spend um a night in jail and like y'all will read the article and you can let us know like girl you missed this part but i read it and maybe it's my little viola understanding why i couldn't but i'm just like that doesn't make sense how did he how did he end up in jail and it's like the you i don't know it's like he's just going off of his word like yeah. you know what i'm saying and like the it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter that the charges were dismissed you know what i'm saying it's like to be black in this country is like so exhausting mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like how do we how did we get here mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like you can't you can't be a doctor you can't be um a lawyer you can't be an activist you can't be a teacher you can't be a trump a trumpeter in the rochester philharmonic right without without the system failing you exactly you know what i'm saying without something going wrong without feeling how it feels to be black in this country and it's just like so exhausting and if you focus on like i literally read this and i was like well you know what i'm saying and like say what you want say what you want about what this has to do with race and everything you can miss me it's like it's stuff like this happens all the time it doesn't matter what we do it's like it's like we're always you know always less than always you know what i'm saying like it's just like too much sometimes yeah so about why he spent the night in jail it was my understanding that from the article that the reason why the he spent a night in jail was because they have some sort of like 
judges have some sort of policy or I don't know if it's a formal policy, but if they have quote unquote reason to believe that they will issue a restraining order or an order of protection for someone at the court hearing, they are, they put the person who, you know, is being charged in jail overnight to protect the person that filed the complaint. And, and um, that's why he did it. Um. Yeah. And I'm, I'm conflicted on that because, like you said, like all you got to do is tell on somebody and then it's hearsay. But at the same time, then I started thinking and I was like, but then how many times do you hear somebody say, this person is dangerous, this person is such and such, and they're like, it's nothing, they can't, they didn't do anything, so it's nothing they can do. And then now they turn up dead. Like, yeah. So, but then it's just like, <clears throat> but you had access to a camera, though. That's the difference. Yeah. That's the difference. That's like, I don't know. I I'm unsure whether or not I'm pretty sure that they said that the judge didn't see the footage. Why not? It's right. a police. There was a, there was not only a, a camera from a nearby building, which that's where they were like, we don't see anything, but bo- the police officers that were there said nothing, nothing. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And the police body camera footage, which was available also said he didn't do nothing wrong. So that doesn't make sense right. to me because even if you said like, oh, well, he, he might've had to do an order of protection. Like, like I said, that's why he, <clears throat> that's why he ordered him for, to be in jail overnight. That would make sense if there was not a video and two sworn police officers that said he didn't do any, anything wrong. That's something that you should consider before you start just throwing people in jail overnight. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It just, it's not adding, something's not adding it's, up to me. It's looking a little funny right. in the light, but two plus two equals fish over here. Apparently, well. y'all gonna see when y'all see this video, y'all gonna be like, "So he's just he's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> ridiculous." I was, I was like, "Wow." He was just fabricating stuff as he went along. Was like, and then um, um right, well, uh, uh, and then a uh, a uh, deer bro, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then the sky came over it turned over crimson and it started raining <laughs> and, then, and then it cracked open and then gabriel and his and the son of god came up i'm like started you- raining almond milk and, <laughs> and, and, and then, all right we yeah we, we started going on one of our tangents we're we, we not doing this because let's you know it's an hour in and we're like what else what else? <laughs> <laughs> we must move on um so i'm gonna move on to last but not least um some positive news so um recently wqxr released a list of 19 notable musicians to watch in 2019 um and the list um included some new and -and up-and-coming people and also some people who have been around for decades which i don't really understand but it i mean it didn't say new artists it just said notable and exciting Mm -hmm. but i just want to give a quick shout out to all the black people on that list because this is classically black podcast well listen (laughs) (laughs) so i mean y'all could you could say what you want about that however the whole list is public so i don't have to give everybody on it a shout out exactly and i'll link it in the description if you want to see all the others um however this is who we're talking about today yes Um, ma'am i want to (laughs) hear i just want to give a shout out to janai bridges mezzo soprano who um she was the she was a singer who was in the video with drew and um when he did that that Brahms piece for viola yeah, yeah. and voice yeah that shout was out her. to vina vina will be doing that whether you know it or not she will she said she wants to do it but she was like after your recital i'm like sis after my recital as well <laughs> right <laughs> put slapping on there taylor, i mean because eyeglass is gonna be no i'm just kidding. mr taylor was like you have a recital this semester i'm like my recital is a private event <laughs> i was like my recital because he was like cindy has a recital hi cindy and then he was like uh katie has a recital i'm like my recital was optional 
All right. <laughs> the class is laughing. I'm like, I missed the I joke. I'll be a live stream again on Classic Black's I'll... page. Well, after I play. Because we. <laughs> this is now. It's about Janai. What's right. her name? Janai? Well, she's not the only one. Yeah, Janai Bridges. She's a mezzo soprano. I don't. I'm not giving like background on this because that's veering into black excellence territory. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving a quick shout out to everybody who made it on the list because y'all are popping. Uh, Julia Bullock, who's a soprano. Sorry, <laughs> Xavier Foley, who's a bass player, who's the absolute truth. Cause listen, what it's like. We're not even going. I'll go all day about him because he is wow. Um, Sheku Kenna Mason, um, Sachellis, which I'm sure everybody know him after he didn't play at the royal wedding. He's truly upper echelon. Oh, shucks. yeah, <laughs> he's truly upper echelon. Yeah, yeah. And last but not least, uh, Devon A. Times, which I was like, come on, Devon A um with the accent over the e tell him you you better right <laughs> right he's a a, a baritone so congratulations you know, like, love a good accent <laughs> right <laughs> he's a baritone so congratulations to all y'all y'all are popping and we'll be watching to see what y'all do in 2019 right <laughs> and we moving on to intermission what you got okay so this week we're gonna play a little game called butt black okay <laughs> so we are going to take things that aren't black and we are going to reimagine them if they contained black people how it contained (laughs) involved black people and um how we would how it would be let's just say if it contained black people okay we're gonna start easy then we'll work our way up okay so let's start very basic give me i want you to reimagine a tv show or a movie that has a majority white cast that um would how would it be if it had black people in it and if you can give me some actors that you would that you would place in it this question was hard for me because my favorite tv show was already black yes um <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah, that's why I'm like, I, I stand black media, so I'm like, what are we? What show do I watch that? Okay, it's I'll go first. <laughs> right? So, I would say, if I were to do a movie and I were to make it all black, I would make it uh, Infinity War, the one that just came out. I don't know which one, the little subtitle, because I don't really follow up with the superhero stuff. But that, is, just... that is the subtitle. It's Avengers Infinity War. Oh, see, War. you look at me. Look at me getting dragged. <laughs> right, like, well, me and Katie was literally Googling things inside the movie that theater. That was probably the most pathetic experience. We didn't know who anybody was because we only went there to see T'Challa. So. Literally, I was like, I heard Wakanda was going to be here. Right, so we was just like... We, and, and the whole time before it came on, we were like, we boy, when, <laughs> when we going to Wakanda? Literally, like, we went... <laughs> you know the... the, the yeah T'Challa yeah we was like T'Challa people looking at us like are y'all it was so pathetic and we was in there doing the right right because literally how long did the wait before they get to Wakanda it's quite at least an hour hour and a half so we sitting there like we don't know who anybody is we came here for T'Challa right she like who that I'm on Wikipedia right now we literally looking up it was pathetic tick um but let me tell you why black people would have made um avengers infinity war a significantly shorter movie okay so my dude chris pratt literally could have changed the whole trajectory because he was all his feelings about his girl you know she don't love me blase blase if those are black people right 
listen the people around him would not have made him ruin that moment because <laughs> those the people around him like the little girl with the with the little things coming out of her face okay. and like you know like whoever who who them people called of what the guardians of the galaxy the guardians of the galaxy if the guardians of the galaxy were black and they saw chris pratt about to ruin that stuff they would have been like oh no see what you not finna do right is ruin this for everybody because now we in some foreign land with the sky purple we got this big old thing right here <laughs> right. and all you gotta do is grab a chain and you you mad about your girl right so you gonna ruin it <laughs> like no i would love to see Avengers reimagine I want to see like Marseille Martin in there because mm-hmm. I feel like she would just throw a little line in there like no see what you not finna do <laughs> and then I really think like Chris Pratt I mean could we, is Chris Pratt, Pratt invited to the to the to cookout? the cookout absolutely not <laughs> are you kidding no really yeah what did no, he do no. he's, he's like I don't he wanted them, what did he do yeah, yeah he wanted them like you know a certain type of white Christians that be like like he not outwardly like that but it's a bunch of stuff that's like about the church that he go to about something I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk on my neck because I don't have specifics on me right now but I remember being mm-hmm. on Twitter and them being like he really? mm-hmm. Crystal stands Chris Pratt I wonder if she still does oh I don't know oh now I gotta read about that because listen I'm not gonna talk on my neck but I mean honestly I can't really see. I can't think of a of a black character that would be like that distraught outwardly over his girl, because he'll be like, "Man, you want to leave? You can leave, man." I mean, inside, <laughs> like whatever. But what? I'm just saying, like I just couldn't see it. But I mean, you know, dudes surprise you every day. Who? <laughs> 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 You're not gonna do that to me. <laughs> this is a this is a PG podcast. PG-13, thanks to Drew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to see that reimagined. Give me a give me a TV show or a movie best you can. Yeah, so this was hard for me because I don't want to watch <laughs> movies all that much. And I don't know. It, it was just hard for me to like imagine. But I figured I was just going to do... It's not my favorite movie, but I was going to do To All the Boys I Loved Before. <gasps> you, that movie was cute. The it movie was, was cute. And yeah. uh, someone was like, it's a high school movie. I'm like it's like isn't it weird to watch like a high school movie i'm like there's are there are adults playing yeah. probably yeah. like <laughs> that are playing high school students that's weirder <laughs> <laughs> um but i just think what, what's what is it about like just real quick because oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a netflix it's also low-key uh like my cousin monica was like you should read this book i'm like monica you're i'm literally double your age <laughs> um yeah but basically it's about sis who um she had, had wrote all these love letters to i don't know why you would put any of that in writing because first why? of all that's where you messed up you messed up she wrote all these love imagine first of all mm, she wrote all these imaginary love letters to uh to to dudes in her life that she thought were attractive and then her sister sent them out first I, of all i'm never putting i don't care what i don't care if i live alone on a planet by myself that and there's no other known life and it's two hundred thousand miles between me and every other planet exactly. in every direction i'm still not writing it I'm down not write, put that in writing because now oh, some some cockroaches that have lived the for the past 300 years on this planet now and accidentally carried the envelope over to mars and right. now <laughs> right now you exposed now you want a six o'clock news <laughs> no, listen, i'm okay listen you know how many time you know how much times like because i journal a lot and like I'll be on a I'll be on a plane and I'll be like if this plane go down and then my mama gotta read my journal. <laughs> Listen, Dang. I gotta I gotta come with a better plan. <laughs> right. 
but yeah i'm not gonna put that yeah but first of all that's where you messed up but just a background about the movies yeah so that's what happened and some of the some of the guys was like you know whatever about it but one of the guys was actually her sister's boyfriend that she had just broken up with so here that go right (laughs) and then another one was like this guy who's like a jock and like he was dating her ex-best friend from wherever who was like one of them mean girls which i but she only mean because she insecure that was like kind of tired they could have did a better job with that character exactly maybe the book is better yeah (laughs) but um and now he's all charming and whatever. Like, it's a team movie, you know? Yeah, it's it's yeah, a cute yeah. little team romance, whatever. And I was like, that don't, first of all, that don't happen in real life. Right. I was thinking, like, this I is said, cute. Was, but, <laughs> right. Let me tell you who I be dealing with. Right. First of all, if that movie was black, I feel like she would not be wrapped up around, around no dude. <laughs> right. right first, okay. First of all, because I, I also watched this movie and I was like, First of all, I would want to see. Well, she probably would have wrote it down because low key, every episode of Moesha opens up with her. Dear Diary. That's true. But also, I would never do that because my mom reads everything that I do. My mom used to go through my text all the time. So that's also another reason why I'm like, well, if you have a, if you have a, like a, a mama who's, mm-hmm. and some black moms are, they're going to be all deep in your stuff. So you wouldn't even write all that. You wouldn't write nothing down. I'm not writing nothing down. And she like, was, first of all, she, they, didn't they pretend to like, be like together or something yeah. i haven't seen it in a minute yeah girl, yeah ain't no black girl doing that right they, so they they fabricated a relationship who had the black girl had the time she's like baby you want me to do what right she <laughs> she fabricated the relationship one so that the the ex but her sister's ex-boyfriend who got the letter wouldn't like confront her about it because like he would think that she's over him mm-hmm. and two for him to make the his ex-girlfriend jealous um the guy that she was pretending with to make his ex-girlfriend jealous which of course she was because she was extremely insecure which mm-hmm. sis do better literally like <laughs> but i just feel like she would have been like I don't care about none of y'all. Like, right, I'm about, okay. I'm just thinking about me. Listen, you can't even say, I can't say all black girls yeah. because I haven't met every single black girl in humanity. Right. However, let me say what my friends would have done. <laughs> I'd have been like, Nikki, so guess what? Um, homie want me to like pretend to date him. She'd be like, girl, what? Right. And I'd be like, okay, fine. I'll get a second opinion. Uh, Delaney. Uh, so homie up the street want me to pretend to date him. You'd Since be like, anyway. Right. <laughs> and they would have, and like, you're right. <laughs> you didn't even give me an opinion except yeah. sis anyway. <laughs> Literally. Like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because now you bringing him around your mama house and like, she was up in her house. All and up in her house him. with her sister and stuff. That's no. Y'all writing out contracts and all that. I'd be like, it's, it's over for me. But I'm, blank, I'm, there would have been no movie. It would have been no. I feel like that's pretty much <laughs> that, any movie that's any not movie bl- that's not a hundred percent black. There would not be any <laughs> movie because the first dumb decision y'all make, we would be like, well, so just like in the in the trailer for Little when Issa Rae was like, I thought that was for white people because black people don't have the time. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, what else would we be doing? I don't know, but like we don't have time for anything. So it, so it's like, yeah, girl, um. You you know Jerome, you know like he he want me to um pretend to be his uh girlfriend. Sis, he wants you to do what? Right. Meanwhile, Jerome Jerome uh pretending to go to work every every <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Jerome still reads with his finger. So what you what you pretend to be his boyfriend for? <laughs> Girl, next. No, I'm okay. I'm like, why don't you call me back when your Facetime working right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, give me. Please, 
a favorite uh, orchestra and or conductor that you would want to see reimagine black? Ooh, can you make the conductor a celebrity? Oh, shoot. I got mine. Oh, dang. Who you got? <laughs> now, who you got? And we in a piece, too, right? Because that was a, that was an integral part of mine. Okay, listen. Let me tell you. Let me break it down for you. Because <laughs> this is about to be. I will pay. Oh, my God. Is it Cardi B? I do not want to see Cardi B d- conducting nothing. Oh, okay. Okay, first of all. I absolutely love the uh, London Symphony Orchestra. It's like they sound and whatever. So I just want that whole orchestra to be black. Because, listen, that might sound some type of way to you. But first of all, it shouldn't. Check yourself. Um, second, that's that's not a reason, but it's a reason to me. <laughs> second, <clears throat> after playing in an all-black orchestra at Gateways, mm-hmm. it's it was like a euphoric experience oh, like yeah. literally we were playing that brahms not brahms because i would never have that kind of experience with brahms but brahms too but oh. um sister we were playing that rock off a mm. piano concerto i felt like the stage was lifting off the ground like it was ridiculous it's probably your sound just erupting from but me. imagine my sound times like 40 billion because everything all seasoned and like <laughs> you could actually hear something in kodak hall for once it was right. like Kodak Hall. Okay, <laughs> they playing in a vacuum. All right. Um. <clears throat> so it would be London Symphony Orchestra. If I were to have a celebrity conducted, it would be Angela Bassett because I stand like what a goddess. And then, okay, I'm gonna get dragged for this, but that's fine because oh, this gosh. is my podcast. Um, <clears throat> the piece. I think. Oh gosh, what is it? <laughs> I'm literally gonna get dragged for this. Oh. The piece that I think the orchestra should play is "Harold in Italy" by Berlioz. So, "Harold in Italy" is it's not really it's really like it's really a viola joke because the viola doesn't do much. But I feel like. An orchestra of that caliber with Angela Bassett conducting would just like bring like that whole piece to life. And then like the solo violas could be like Beverly Kane. You know Beverly, like principal violas in Virginia Symphony? Oh, mm-hmm. I stand. What Why a- would I know that? I don't know. <laughs> She's a goddess. I just, we don't deserve her. Like, I just feel like LSO would just like bring that piece to life. And also like, you know, also like a Beethoven one. Okay. I could do that. You might could. I might could. You might, you know, we might could put some notes together. You know what I'm saying? What would you do? Uh, so, I mean, the the actual orchestra that I pick is not going to have, like, a huge bearing on it. But I picked Berlin Phil. Um, okay, orchestra gods of the universe. Literally. <laughs> like, <laughs> actually. I think uh, Berlin Phil is going to be my orchestra. And then, for since you had me thinking about a conductor, and I'm going to pick, I'm not even going to try to say her last name. I'm going to pick... Um, Deni- I know her first name is Denine. <gasps> yep. Who played Okoye? Okoye? Yeah, Can you imagine her conducting? First of all, ain't nobody blinking. Ain't nobody playing no wrong notes. Right. Can you imagine playing a wrong note with Denine as a conductor? <laughs> she would literally, I feel like your your look will make you like, oh, dang, I got to pack up and go. Right. <laughs> she would just look at you and be like, oh, it's over, ain't it? Right. And for my piece that, um, for my piece that I'm picking, I'm picking the, 
well we could do the whole symphony but in my mind i'm thinking of the first movement of track six because i'm just imagining okay black orchestra hmm, okay i'm in there katie's in there now i hear and now it's passed back here on now i'm now you turn around like hey and in that part the what what okay listen i know y'all tired of us talking about your but you look well, get right or get left right. when up. when the that one part comes later on where it's like going like insane it's like da, da, di, da, 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 di, da. and it's like you be looking around like you be feeling wind like what's going on your- <laughs> my, my man did that symphony he did it <laughs> what i'm just thinking that piece will be lit With deny conducting yeah i feel like first of all ain't nobody gonna have no Everyone's hairline gonna be right back behind their ears because it's like it's gonna be like a gust of wind. Like that squall we had today. I don't right. Okay. Let's not even. <laughs> you know, we're gonna get into that because what was it? <laughs> Y'all, Rochester's little anyway. Yeah. It's okay. Okay, an opera or a musical that that you were imagine but black. Ooh. So, um, for me, I'm picking a musical, and I'm gonna pick Sweeney Todd because I stand Sweeney Todd. Um, but basically, just for a background about Sweeney Todd, so he's a barber. He was a barber who, um, basically, this judge wanted his wife. It was like way back in the olden days in like London in like the 1800s or something like that. And he wanted his wife, so he was like, "All right, bet I'm a judge. I can do what I want." So he had Sweeney Todd exiled to some island for a bunch of bunch of years while he took the wife and their infant child and just like just had them in his house like as a, as a ward like and she couldn't leave and and um well that's so and in in um Sweeney Todd somehow he got off the island like plenty of years later and he came back and he's like oh I'm getting revenge on him and um he he goes there and his wife is dead She's actually not really dead, but that comes out later. Um, his wife is dead, but his daughter is still trapped in that castle with that dusty judge. And um, so he's like, nah, I'm going to kill everybody up in here until until I get to this judge. So he goes back to his old barbershop and he teams up with this lady who lived downstairs who, sell, who she has a meat pie shop. And basically they have this contraption where when the dude sits in a chair to uh, get his, his, sh- his face shaven um he cuts his throat and press the lever and Ooh. the guy goes down like downstairs and then she makes the people into meat pies <gasps> <laughs> you never said it's 20 no i don't watch all the trifling stuff <laughs> yeah and her pie shop was like deserted before that and then all of a sudden as soon as they started selling humans it was bustling <laughs> mm-hmm. so i feel like first of all it's if Sweeney Todd was black well first of all he probably to be honest he probably wouldn't even have gotten off the island that he was exiled to because y'all know how they do black folks out here so well <laughs> but polite sister <laughs> right <laughs> um but once he got back first of all there's two types of dudes that you can have <laughs> one would be like would be like oh damn he done took my my wife and my kids okay i'm free do whatever i want <laughs> right <laughs> now my new get, life get, get me a new wife and new right. kids <laughs> right. give me a new xbox i'm playing all day she ain't saying nothing to me <laughs> right. or he coming up to your house and he not even i'm not even about to be no be sneaky about it he coming up to your house and he's swinging 
and taking his daughter right up out of there. Right. <laughs> because if you bout it, then you bout it. And Sweeney Todd was about it. However, the way he went about it was a little not murdery. Mm-hmm. No, not murdery. <laughs> no serial killery. Come on, adjective. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think they wouldn't been about it. And I actually, and I don't think they would have. I think they would have put up a little bit more of a fight than that because they were just kind of like, okay, we gonna go to that to that judge's house, right? <laughs> She'll be like, "Where we going?" Right. I'm like, "Well, I gotta pick up my kids at four thirty, so whatever we doing, we gotta be out by then." So right, and you know, I got a nail appointment at six, and like, Risha don't like me when I'm late. And I reach. Exactly. You ain't just going. We <laughs> right. We ain't just going. <laughs> right. We ain't just going with y'all. Just whatever you say. <laughs> right. Nah. Next. Nah. I don't. I don't know the judge's parents, so you're not going over to the judge's parents' house. Right. <laughs> I don't know who be who gonna be over there. Right. <laughs> who all gonna be there? <laughs> right. like, get in my castle. Well, who all gonna be there? Right. <laughs> don't say the wrong name either. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> what? <laughs> What's your word? Okay, so my opera surprise, surprise, Katie's doing opera surprise, surprise <laughs> is Otello by Verity because Rossini also wrote one. But okay, Verity. that's our excerpt. What Otello? Is it really? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bass solo in that opera. Um, my this is, this opera is just really good. I mean, story by Shakespeare, and I also stand Shakespeare. Like he's wrote a lot of good stuff, but okay, Shakespeare wrote a lot of good stuff. <laughs> but some people might not Did like he? it. Some people might not like him. I mean, I, I probably. Would. Cause I don't like that old. I've been like Shakespeare woman, Romeo and Juliet. I was like, first of all, y'all dumb. Exactly. If Romeo and Juliet was black, that would never, that would have never happened. <laughs> first of all, wait, we doing no tell all Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I'm just saying that Romeo and Juliet would have been a low. They'd have been like, okay, what my family say like we, I love you to the end of the girl, I love you. <laughs> but okay, because mainly Verity, Verity's just like this a lot better than me, especially like that love duet with Desdemona and. Main, but um, not main. <laughs> but um, I'll reimagine it, but black because I just feel like the whole thing with Iago and Desdemona would not have gone down. So if you don't know, Otello it was about Otello who was a Moor, and um, he was I, think, I forgot he wasn't king. He was like a commander. So he came back from war, and everyone's like, "Hey, Otello, like you here now? Like, hey, you running stuff?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm running stuff." And then um iago his his um little assistant i forgot the actual name of it go read the book the play all right um he was jealous of him and he was like no nah, we gotta take otella down see check your circle this is a reoccurring theme check right. your circle check your <laughs> baby circle. boy <laughs> what are you doing so um check your circle iago was like now nah, we gotta take him down so he starts to he tries to make um otello go crazy by letting by helping Otello believed that Desdemona, his wife, is cheating on him, succeeds. Otello <clears throat> then kills Des- Desdemona for cheating on, for cheating on her, for, on him. And then, like, he basically just goes crazy and, like, whatever, inspires off. So, I was Ooh. like, so, what happened was, Yako planted um, a handkerchief of one of the other characters. I forgot his name. I'm blanking, but I'm not going to look it up. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> one of the, one of, like, her... Iago plants the handkerchief of one of the other characters <clears throat> to be like, you know, whatever, like, this is another man's handkerchief. 
So then Nutella comes to the room. He's like, what's this? Oh, dang. And she's like, I don't even know why I got it from looking dumb. Because it's like, <laughs> she literally doesn't right. know where she got it from. Right. What's she going to tell him? <laughs> like, I literally, like, I don't know where this came from. But how you look? Right. You know? Dumb. And like, yeah. you over here sleeping with everybody else? You over here? What, da, da, da. She's like, around. you messing around, whatever. Like, I trusted you. I'm over at war, blase, blase. And she's like, <laughs> my dude, like, you have to relax. Right. Like, this is not. And then... And then whatever she he kills her and he like he's like I love you so much but Whoa. you dying sis period <laughs> yes Otello's period lit. you have lit Otello this is good no you have to read it even if you go on Spark Notes and read the overview like Otello you'll be like well I got seventy two pages of reading the sign for tomorrow and I'm I might just go and read Otello right quick really okay <laughs> people so, are so annoyed <laughs> with us <laughs> so. If Otello was black, I just feel like, first of all, if I was Desdemona, I'm like, first of all, you're not going to come in here yelling at me. Secondly, you can relax because I just told you I don't know where the handkerchief came from all these years. I'm faithful to you. And now all of a sudden you go to war. You come back, you a celebrity. But then again, he, okay. probably, done, he probably done read about Gaswato and it's like, I don't put nothing past y'all. You know what? I will give him that. <laughs> you know, I will give him that. But I'm like, first of all, you're not going to come in here yelling at me, accusing you. Exactly. Me. Because what am I cheating on you for? Throw the whole relationship away. I don't care if you a, if you a prince or whomever you are. If I'm cheating, I'm leaving for what what am i cheating on you for so you can stop all that yelling that's the first thing so you're not gonna tell me you love me and then kill me like it's not happening like i will spaz on you i will ruin you you understand me my dude i will ruin you oh by the way katie's available you can see she's a very she's an eligible bachelorette leave me alone i'm just saying like i will like i'm not wasting my time so don't come in here yelling you know first of all you musty because it's let's be honest it's like 1,403. You're not going to come in here yelling with that breath and that body water. <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about like who's handkerchief. It's like, first of all, I don't know. First of all, you might want to dip it into soap and water and use it to damn self. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to like literally like, I'll tell we I'll t- put me in coach. <laughs> Otello is so differently. We'll be, we'll be on Act Three, Scene One, and it's done. You heard me. Like there's nothing left. It's over. Right. <laughs> You're not gonna come in here. Relax. You understand? Now I'm all hyped. and my blood pressure high. Cause that makes me mad. You gonna kill girl? And she told you she didn't know where the handkerchief handkerchief came from. <laughs> nah, man, you on dirt. You're not gonna come in here yelling at me talking about. Well, Katie, you know, I found this handkerchief. Okay, and? Right. So, and how you know? He's like, well, that's that same one old dude had. I'm like, how you know we ain't get it from the same maker? Exactly. How you know? King I mean, bust I seen him in Walmart the other day. Exactly, in the same aisle I was in. <laughs> so, so, so next. Easy. I'm going to go over there, sit down and relax. You heard me. <laughs> right. You Take a breather. You don't kill me, nah, man. We fighting now. <laughs> and you can fight. She squared up against him. <laughs> Ooh, now I'm hot. I'm oh mad. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that play would have been over. Act three, scene one. You would have told us who Otella was. There would have been a controversy scene two. Act three, it's over. She'd be like, nah, man. He'd be like, bet. <laughs> scene. <laughs> annoying. Okay, last one. Okay. I want you to reimagine Eastman, but black. What is the song? I'm so upset. What 50, is it? 50,000 on my head I can't accept. No, it's so offended that I had to something in paradise. Something, something in paradise. You are trifling. <laughs> That's exactly I, what came I was not expecting that. Can you imagine Eastman as an HBCU? Woo. I mean. 
right like uh, hbcu like i might i mean we'll 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 talk a little bit more about hbcus in the future but like i'm talking about like a school at the caliber of eastman but black <laughs> first of all it's over let me tell you we could do this we could probably tag team this one because let me tell you when when the bsc gets together and we have a little function <laughs> It's like so different. Also, I was I think we talked about this a little bit. It's like I played a um a recital last year with a bunch of black students from Eastman um at City Hall. And can you relax? This is exactly what I'm talking about. I it's I it's so difficult to speak with Delaney in here. Like I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? <laughs> so and <laughs> And like you know what I played my little jig or whatever, and it was like fine. And Jasmine was like, "That was really good." Like blah blah blah, and it was like, "It might could have been good, wasn't it?" You know, it might could have been good. (laughs) Wow, that was a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) It might could have been good. And it's like I don't know. I feel like the environment would just be so different. It would still be like high caliber, but it would also be like. And Eastman, you know what? Eastman's a very Eastman's a different place, and I can say that like visiting other schools and like this is my second institution like Eastman is just different like the environment is warm it's inviting it's it but at a high level but if it was like we had Lori's and Laurie Hall (laughs) what are you what are your thoughts on this I mean I think it would be lit obviously because like you said when the BSC get together it would be lit however I feel like it would be a little bit tiring because we never stop we never stop and we're like the worst of everyone (laughs) so (laughs) it would be like all day every time i'm in the hall (gasps) okay black excellence (gasps) okay my edges are gone now we late to class because (laughs) because we we too busy telling so-and-so how they snatched my edges at their recital last week (laughs) for for 20 minutes in 17 different languages (laughs) but imagine that environment like flourishing in there and like i don't know I get playing a studio has my like, yeah you did really 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 good right. um I was just <laughs> <laughs> um get me never practicing because everyone tells me I'm popping all the time but then black people all start believing the islands because they'll be like well sis right yeah, you know mm-hmm. the way uh <laughs> I'm laughing because of Kermaine Kermaine would be like look with the glasses oh my gosh <laughs> I'm gonna just say this let me just, look <laughs> let's just say because I remember when we posted the video about Kaylin you know we were we were uh worried about putting that video up mm-hmm. and Kermaine was like he called me he was like man that video and I was like Kermaine don't gas me this morning he's like let me just say this All right. glasses <laughs> if it wasn't popping I wouldn't say nothing <laughs> okay you play a studio class y'all off week no one has comments right because <laughs> they're not trying to they're not trying to tear you down <laughs> be like, so like sis not. but then you get people like Marco now sis you know all right <laughs> or Sierra now girl all right now you know that this was not the week for that book. <laughs> Could you imagine? And your teacher like that? See, that wouldn't go over well for me. I don't do well with. I don't yeah. do well with. I've never had. Mm, tread carefully, Katie. <laughs> Sister, let me go back. I don't do well with teachers who are overcritical because I'm overcritical of myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm already doing the work for you. I'm already being like, that was trash. Oh, right. Boy, do that again. Mm, that wasn't it. So you don't, I don't need you being, yeah, girl, that was trash. When you go, I'm like, you right. I don't need that. Just, That's and Some people thrive off of that. God bless I'm you. okay. I am more than okay. Like you don't have to, like you got a lot in my face, but there is that middle ground. People act like there's no middle ground. I'm yeah. like, there definitely is. And also, 
at the end of the day, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. My mama don't talk to me like that. You're not that. gonna talk to me. Any you're not gonna be like, really not. Like, and like I've been fortunate. I've had some problematic teachers in the past, but mm. I've always they've always respected me. I've never had like a because some people some horror stories I be hearing from lessons, mm-hmm. even sometimes horror stories from my same studio. I'll be like, not at Eastman or anywhere in particular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, only one other place. <laughs> everyone pulling up your bio i mean I could, my studio from high school it could be anywhere <laughs> the fact that you volunteered that shows that that's what it's not <laughs> or my studio from middle school <laughs> okay <laughs> or my studio from <laughs> right okay so you guys just note the one that she didn't mention <laughs> or my studio from undergrad it could be that one <laughs> i'm you not doing told this us. <laughs> i didn't we're gonna link no just <laughs> Anyway, um, I've always had a teacher respect me because I, I work hard and also <gasps> I'm actually ready to move on <laughs> because first of all, we've been here forever. Have <laughs> we? And we're not even halfway. And we're not even halfway. <laughs> we're, we're moving on, y'all. Stay, <laughs> stick in there with us. <laughs> we're not there yet, but we almost. All right, we'll get there. Uh, so this week in honor of MLK Day, we just... Um, wanted to try to do something on a podcast that would tie it all together and, and you know, just to celebrate the life and legacy of, of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, as an activist and, and a person that did so much for us because uh, it's a classically black podcast. And when I tell you, we would not be sitting right here today recording this podcast if it wasn't for people like him. So Listen. we must pay homage to people like MLK. So today we're going to be talking about... Um, social activism through music um and specifically how it relates to the black experience uh, so i just want to give a little background about uh what social activism or musical activism is and the different forms that it can take so one of the main things that it can take is one of the main forms that it can take is performance practice um and and by that i mean whew, So one of the forms that it can take is performance practice. Um, and by that, I mean people who are performing in spaces that it could be something as blatant as, okay, this is an event, a fundraiser for this organization mm-hmm. or this cause. And we're going to play here. Mm-hmm. Um, it can it can come in the form of performance practice in that you use instruments that are specific to a certain cu- culture or you merge two cultures with with instruments, you know, things that are not usually paired together and that that celebrate a culture that is that is not typically celebrated, especially in the music that we play in classical music. Um, it can come in the in the form of musical themes, um, using influence from from one's culture in music and in in lifting that sort of lifting that up and celebrating the contributions that that culture has made to music, and it can be as blatant as titles of pieces. Now, when you're dealing with music that doesn't have lyrics, it's sort of it can be difficult to convey certain things. You know, depending especially to people who don't study music, right. um, who don't really pick up on things like that. So you can title a piece something that that relates to your cause so i just wanted to also go into how musical activism 
activism started because there's a lot of things that we that we know about that we don't necessarily think of in musical activism and to me the first thing that came to mind for me was when I thought about where did this start was spirituals that that slaves had because that was their escape yeah you know you're especially like you're working in the field and like you need something to take your mind off of like what you're going exactly and they put so much of you know their heart and their religion and mm-hmm. and their faith and their hope their togetherness and those spirituals and that was like their rock mm-hmm. um so that's a form of musical activism that's them yeah, you know creating something for themselves within this this space that they you know they have zero freedom mm-hmm. um and and that's something that can inspire inspire people to be musical activists is is having a lack of freedom having a a a lack of expression and and, um and having you know this sort of frustration in their in their lives with that could be cultural societal things like that um that that relate to your experience as like who you are and and like I said on this podcast we're talking about the black experience right. which is why I, you know I brought that up but it's it's not just the black experience like another thing that came to mind when from just studying like the type of music that we usually play was Shostakovich he yeah. was yeah he was forced to write music when you know when uh Russia was when it was Soviet Russia um forced to write music and after Stalin died people some musicologists describe it as like a breath of fresh air yeah. in his music he it was like relief and and he was sneaking things trying to sneak things in there and push yeah. the boundaries with his music but but only so much and even when he even when he did certain things yeah i think it was much i don't want to start lying but oh his um his waltzes mm-hmm. his waltz number two like um they people were like okay he was like just write some little happy stuff whatever mm-hmm. and like so he wrote these um waltzes and it has like this really like dark underpinning yeah and Stalin looking like this is not this right it's not what i ordered so yeah so right and and threatening like he was threatened with death and like all this i'm like dang over yeah y'all was serious like and it's things like this that that created this sort of like i said breath of fresh air when he was finally not he finally had nobody's foot on on his neck to 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 create music that he couldn't express himself with and and relating it back to the black experience um we have some composers that that really embody what it means to be a musical activist and margaret bond who was a composer who uh went to northwestern university ever since stand up well you might not want to say this eight four seven (laughs) you may not want to say that after i after i detail her her experience at northwestern i I didn't go to northwestern so Mm -hmm. she um she all all the composers that we're going to mention today lived in the lifetime of MLK by the way um and so you can sort of get an idea of where of of the time that she was living this was probably like in the in the late 20s and 30s that she was in college and she was living in in a place where nobody respected her nobody treated her like she was a person mm-hmm. that the college was like we straight up don't provide housing for black students it's just it's i mean people be like people be like evanston whatever like it, in the suburbs you buy chicago evanston has a really dark history of mm-hmm. of racism talking about segregated schools in evanston illinois in the north mm-hmm. you know and even if you look at the way that the school the school maps now i, I was bused to my to my elementary school to make sure because the where where my elementary school was if 
they didn't bus students in, then it would be completely white from the neighborhoods. We're talking about like the community center that's like a couple blocks from my house used to be a, the black school and now it's just a community center. So Evanston has a little bit of a, a dark history when it comes to racism. So this doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. So she, her experience there with just being blatantly discriminated against in her education pushed her into this realm of trying to find a uh, black art. Um, and, and when I'm talking about black art, I'm talking about music, poetry, um, just physical art, like visual art. I mean, um, and, and one of the artists that she was particularly compelled with was Langston Hughes. Um, so she ended up using a lot of his music. I mean, not, what am I saying? (laughs) Using a lot of his poetry in her music, like, like accompanying his poetry Mm -hmm. in her music. And she also, coincidentally wrote a piece an orchestral piece called montgomery variations which she dedicated to dr martin luther king jr um and so basically that's what i mean when i say that musical activism push it like it 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 comes from a place of people being so uh, like oppressed and, and, and just at a breaking point that they're like like in her case I need to be immersed in, in blackness and, and, and I also need to create that for myself, mm-hmm. which is what inspired her to compose works that were, that, that were inspired by her experience, um, by other aspects of blackness. And, and the way that she did that was taking influences from jazz and from blues, black art forms and, and, um, musical themes that in those, from those genres that are deeply rooted in blackness and, and created by black people. And in addition to that, like I said, creating accompaniment for, for Langston Hughes poetry, which is absolutely so fundamental. Like the Harlem Renaissance, like is a huge part of the black experience, a huge part. Um, so the next composer that I wanted to talk about was William Grant Steele, which. Hey, hey Willie. I freaking love him. <laughs> Man, that's my that's the homie. <laughs> so he was also just like um just like Bonds, he was also heavily influenced mm-hmm. by jazz and blues and poetry. Um and he also used negro spirituals mm-hmm. in his works, which I stand a good negro spiritual for real because when you playing like like for Iceola, we play like a lot of stuff like that, which I'm so sad that I can't make the MLK Day concert this year. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite concert to play, and this is my first time not playing it in a couple years. But um, playing like in a black orchestra, playing Negro spirituals, I'm like, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful feeling. Like you were talking about how it was at Gateways. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, William Grant still has. It, I don't know. I can't remember um exactly i'm embarrassed because it was definitely on my lecture recital but it was like a he has a piece called here's one it was a, there's a negro speaker called here's one that was arranged for viola and when i tell you that john oh i know what your sound it was probably okay like, it's not about my sound it's about William Grant still well we can make it about your sound we shouldn't let's well, go okay you hyping up my sound people come in it sounds like a cricket it doesn't you know this i mean do i all right <laughs> Back to the baby girl. Do I? Oh my goodness! Here we go. <laughs> so, um, he used these influences—the influences from jazz and blues and and Negro spirituals—for his Afro-American symphony, which is still one of the most performed works mm. by an American composer. Which yes. stand right? Okay, stillies, stand right. up. <laughs> Copeland, watch out. 
Well, okay, well, he has. Don't even get me started on because Copeland is raggedy to me. I yes. just ugh. Now I feel like a horse clopping up on my head whenever I listen. To- Blame yourself. <laughs> whenever I listen to Copeland, yuck. that is true. It's very like yeah. It's very like you know how like I now I wake up I'm in a farm now I gotta go milk the cows at five a.m. I'm okay. <laughs> you know how like you go like your grandma has like a distinct smell. Not it's not nasty. <laughs> Wait, hold on, just follow me. <laughs> Delaney down, y'all. <laughs> she is down. The episode is over. <laughs> I almost fell on my chair. <laughs> No, just follow me i'm okay no please no <laughs> actually i can't follow you my gps not working so baby girl well let me, let me guide you all right <laughs> so you know how your grandma like has like a distinct smell it don't smell bad but you know her house smells like you know what she smelled like you know like your grandma might smell like white diamonds and she like white diamonds like the perfume okay that's how copeland is to me it's like when you start playing copeland it's like well i like my grandma so i'm not gonna say that all right so what about, <laughs> tell, tell me more about william grant still i want to know more so his afro (laughs) his afro-american symphony um was actually uh premiered by the rpo yes i I know that listen come on 585 (laughs) meanwhile i don't stand rochester y'all know how i feel because i'm deep in my feelings this winter i mean a scroll okay i'm not a squall i'm not (laughs) over that um so he used the symphony um to it's, it was described as a celebration of the post-civil war black experience yeah. which i mean in hindsight i'm like y'all celebrating that but also in I mean, like at that time them? at that time that is a huge victory <laughs> like my goodness and and for him to to i'm using your word to champion okay that's not my word yes listen kayla kayla's a good champion listen for him Maybe. to champion the integration of black art and European art, the way that he did with the with the orchestra and and um black genres of music like jazz and blues, for him to become quote unquote the dean of African American composers, mm-hmm. and to just seamlessly just put those two things together and just snatch everybody's wig clean off. Listen, ain't no got to be glue holding these wigs. <laughs> Listen. <down. laughs> y'all he didn't give nobody else a chance listen didn't give nobody else a chance and he was up there doing his thing and and composing these great works and and people were mad and they could stay mad listen because that's all that's all a part of it it's a part of bringing he was bringing these genres of music that black people work so hard to create into and 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 let's not let's not like let's just be clear people were loving black music and not loving black people so Ooh, <laughs> and that still goes today literally literally that and so i don't want to say that like that's oh, a he's, word he's bringing it like into like people were loving jazz and they were loving blues people but, love to be black until it's time to be black exactly and he and he was like yeah y'all love that and y'all also love this and i'm gonna put them together and and y'all thought that this was yours and i'm talking about western music mm-hmm. y'all thought that this was yours but look it's gonna be ours too right because we created all these things that y'all love exactly so so much and and getting no respect mm-hmm. <laughs> and no and no recognition for it so i just we stand just we stand we'll in short we stand <laughs> <laughs> not in short um and last but not least um i want to talk about julius eastman 
He's just standing. Every, every time I'm reading something about him, I always get confused because the yeah. first place my mind goes, he says, Eastman is, Eastman does this. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Right. And also because he grew up, like was, was born and grew up and lived not too far from here. Oh, really? Yeah. He was born in Ithaca and he died in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. kind of tragic though. Born in Ithaca, died in <laughs> Buffalo. You <laughs> suck. <laughs> I mean, born in Ithaca. Let's start there. I mean, let's not drag our friends at Ithaca College. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's I mean, because right. it's one thing to go there for school. Um, I wouldn't do it, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, ISB 2017 was at was at Ithaca was in Ithaca, and I just could not. I was like, what is this? I'm in. I didn't even know that there were places that look like this <laughs> no more. <laughs> not no more. <laughs> Let's not get dragged by this because now we okay right. half our fan base from exactly Ithaca now they unsubscribe me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, someone TT me more and then live up beneath. It's too late for this. It's, it's, it's entirely too. Late. Well, at this point, it's too early, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, Julius Eastman, he was an openly gay black uh, minimalist composer. He one of them composers that had like Fermati over everything. <laughs> That's how it's Yeah, but I never heard anybody say Fermati. Because you probably That's don't why, have more than one Fermati. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's one of those where, like, it'll do the same thing over and over again for, like, 30 pages. Oh, mm-hmm. so, like, Bruckner. All right. But but less. But, like, oh, three like, notes. Oh. Yeah. But we not, now we over here throwing dirt on his name. <laughs> we weren't supposed to be celebrating oh, him. Oh, right, right. I'm sorry. We saw you some dragon people. <laughs> right. <laughs> um so julius eastman is a prime example of um like of using titles of works to to convey his message and 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 to display his musical activism because we talked about we talked about margaret bonds and william grant steel and they use the musical themes they um use performance practice in in the form of like some jazz instruments and their in their stuff but julius eastman i'm not gonna say we will not say i'm not gonna say his the names of his works on air because my mom listens to this podcast and it's also a black history month celebration we don't want to yeah i'm not gonna i mean mm-hmm. mlk celebration yeah it's literally still january <laughs> mid-january um i'm not gonna say them on air because i'm just not going to let y'all hear that out of my mouth however i will link you know the article that i read about him with well, articles that i read about him in the description so you guys can hear that but basically he was a prime example of of using language in his titles that was jarring and and outwardly critical and relevant to the issues that were facing him as a gay black man and people were shook i mean they, i'm shook right this is the year of our lord 2019 <laughs> right when y'all see this you won't be like oh, yeah you will gasp <laughs> <laughs> but he was out here and listen and, and unfortunately for for julius eastman he died in kind of like you know tragic he died homeless yeah oh, he, God. yeah he um he died homeless in buffalo and i think of like heart failure what yeah and, and it actually nobody knew he died until like <gasps> a little bit after because he you know you're homeless yeah so. it was crazy it was something but uh, uh, fortunately fortunately now he's starting to because of how of of how important influential his works were and and how out he was outspoken he he wasn't 
here for none of you, for pretending for none of y'all. Right. Um, we stand exactly, and and because of that, he's coming. He's becoming much more relevant than he was than he was, and is getting the recognition that he deserved to have at the time mm-hmm. of his, you know, at the time that he was alive. But then he don't even have no estate. Yeah. Where that money go? Who who making a coin? Right. Because he doesn't have an estate. I want to know. <laughs> i don't know (laughs) but um so that's just a little bit about the composers that that i picked that i wanted to to talk about that um really influenced i I guess they influenced me in in the in how i see musical activism and i just want to tie that into to mlk day because you know some people think that because music is a universal language that it transcends all of that Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't because like first of all we're we're still having we're having conversations about diversity in orchestras and 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 we're doing things like classically black podcasts it like it does matter in in things like this we can't just be like oh it's just music let's just play let's just play because we had composers that was trifling and doing all kinds of things let's just play let's just play is why wagner rose to the top exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) and and this is a a real true escape for some people for these composers and i think it's worth talking about so that's a little bit about why it's important to me and i I want to ask you why you think it's important in 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 how this brings awareness and representation for black musicians black composers well i think i always think it's important for people to realize whether whether it's the black people looking to find their place in classical music or the people consuming classical music that black people okay black people do everything you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and you see people like william grant still you see people like julius eastman who are composing classical music Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and to a lot of people seeing that representation matters you know you want to see people you know when you're when you're learning to play a piece and you see the name on the top right and it's like that person looks like me you know Mm -hmm. and to a lot of people it's like if they can compose music, then I can compose music, Mm -hmm. you know, because some people need that. Some people can, some people who don't, you know, see themselves represented, feel like they can't do that. Feel like it's not open to them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important. And then another thing we have to realize is that like when, as black people were composing, what they were composing was very good, but we're so, we're so wrapped up in like the the Mozarts and the Beethoven who we stand for, but it's like, there is space to explore the things that we should. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about American composers, and all the, all we talk about is Bernstein and um, is it Bernstein and and Copeland, which and it goes it goes so much further than and that. better, and, and, and leagues better, better. leagues better. You know, you <laughs> like uh, American uh, American music. We got Copeland, Leroy Anderson, and Bernstein. But what about William Grant Still? And Gershwin, y'all love some Gershwin. <sighs> Meanwhile, if you just gave William Grant still a chance, like he's absolutely fed up. Florence Price, right? You know what I'm saying? No, I know you still. <laughs> so I threw that in there because don't I was get me like, started about Hellstorm because you know we could be we already been in, we gonna be here for three more hours. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just think any any point that we can continue to bring in in our case, black people to the forefront, like we do everything, you know, and um the faster you get hip to it the least mad you're gonna be i mean <laughs> period <laughs> period <laughs> uh you want to move on yeah and we're moving on 
Um, so black excellence. Okay, so this week's black excellence goes to Dr. Juliet White Smith. Um, I just adore this woman so so much. Uh Juliet White Smith is a violist. Um and she is the professor of viola at the Ohio State University. Um, the <laughs> listen, the she, and she means it, <laughs> right? Um, she did her undergraduate studies. Um, at let me not get to lying on her at <laughs> Louisiana State. It's not on here. I'm trying to remember from what she told me at Louisiana State University mm-hmm. when she was still playing violin. That's okay. Um, <laughs> all right, I was playing. I love her so much. <laughs> right, we can't all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I love her. I, there's nothing. I can't say anything terrible about her. But she did her her um undergraduate studies at the at Louisiana State University, master studies at the University of Houston, and then her doctoral studies at the Eastman School of Music and she studied with George Taylor. And she was here okay. with like Melissa. You finally got there. Okay. And also, right, that's why. Right, <laughs> right. We last but certainly not least. <laughs> and actually, Miss Taylor was telling me like she, she was in the RPO and everything and like it was it was just like it's just amazing things. Um currently she like I said she teaches at the Ohio State University. Um she served as president of the American Viola Society. She has a CD out um of contemporary um American composers um including composers like George Walker who wow. rest in peace. Um uh Michael Colgrass stuff like that. Um she taught before at the Ohio State University. She taught at Western Michigan University and then University of Northern Colorado and then uh now at the Ohio State University. She's an absolutely phenomenal violist. I admire her in so, so many ways. I'm so happy that I got uh, got to know her in the past and I look forward for, to our paths crossing yet again. I just, I stand. Like right. she is just, she's humble, she's kind, and she's like absolutely insanely talented. Right. I'm over here getting whiplash. You listen on the accolades. I'm like, listen. Okay, me know I said accolades. Listen, but sometimes accolades. Sometimes was, you just get the whiplash be so bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. Nah, I mean. And I just like I'm. I always stand someone. I always admire someone like um, like she stood in the same stood right in front of Mr. Taylor. Like I be standing right in front of Mr. Taylor. And so <laughs> she was. She probably wasn't looking crazy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um. There you go. Yes, uh, we love to gas you up on Black Excellence. Um, don't forget, if you have someone that you would recommend for Black Excellence, um, please email us at classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll link um, the page to uh, Julia Whitesmith's bio um, in the description box. You can read more about her um, and get to know her a little bit more. And we are moving on. All right, two piece of the week. You got a piece for us? Okay. So my piece this week is called El Grio. Oh. <laughs> <Not>, uh, <laughs> I sound boring. <laughs> no, shut up. So, <laughs> so my piece is called El Grio by Jasquin Dupres. Jasquin Dupres was a Renaissance composer. <laughs> and I was actually inspired by to by this piece because I was um I was I'm in the middle ages class here please Oof. please pray for me if you're catholic say some hail marys for me please the professor's fine but it's like the content um but whatever i literally could not <laughs> Jasquin Dupres, he was um a renaissance composer he's most known for his magicals he's a magicalist now we he he won trifling though 
and El Grio, like El Grio. Na, 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 na. It's lit. It's like it's as far as magical goes, it's lit. Like it's, it's like a bar on the floor. Okay, when not we, as when far we, as magicals go. It's not even a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> As far as magicals go, no, it's some good. magicals are good. I, we talked about this even weeks ago. Some magicals yeah. are good, and this is one of them. Um, <laughs> so yes, that's my piece of the week. I'll link it down below. Please well, listen because and I'll be backspacing that link. No, I'm just <laughs> wow. Meanwhile, I mean, you came for me on episode one about Prokofiev. So <laughs> this, is this is karma. This I will continue. I mean, but I'm gonna play for Delaney when we when we're done here. But um, oh, it sounded like you said Delaney. I was like, who? Delaney. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna play it for you so you can hear it. But I, oh, I that's my piece of the week. Uh, get right or get left. You heard me. Oh, get left. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Kamei said that on his interview episode. Did he say that to me? Yeah. Y'all love saying that. I don't even know why. I need new. Take it applications for new friends. Please send them in to <laughs> Classically Black Podcast. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, I get I, I have my alerts on for the email now. I'm I'm deleting them as they come in. <laughs> Not telling you. <laughs> We've been in here forever. Thank you for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to like us on social media. Follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to email your questions, comments, and uh, black excellence to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Happy MLK Day. Happy MLK. Doom, doom. I don't know All right. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to embody black excellence on MLK Day, y'all. Because to be black and excellent is just to be excellent. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>